Welcome to Stock Stories, episode 127. Welcome to Stock Stories. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the individual investor, make better investing decisions. And the way that we do that on this show is by looking at real companies, case studies of companies, so we can understand how they work and just get a basic understanding of their business. And then the other side of the show is mental models. What are the philosophical underpinnings of investing. How are we actually thinking about things? Thinking about thinking, that's what mental models are. (laughs) And they are incredibly useful. And I am just excited because I have another mental model for you today. And you know what? We're just going to keep the intro short. Let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about the mental model of bottlenecks. Bottlenecks. What are bottlenecks? Well, bottlenecks are parts of a process where the result of the overall system is entirely dependent on it. It is, by definition, a limiting factor. So let's explore where this comes from and and how it applies. So bottlenecks, they're also known as the law of the minimum or Liebig's law of the minimum. There was a German scientist, his name was Justus von Liebig, and he helped popularize this idea in agricultural science. So if you imagine a field of crops and you're trying to grow crops, it's not necessarily the total amount of resources that you have available that makes the crops grow, but it's the availability of the scarcest resource. So imagine you have a field and you're trying to plant, let's just say corn, and you're trying to grow a corn stock. What are all the ingredients you need? Well, you need sun, you need water, you need fertile soil, soil that has good ingredients in it, and maybe you need some other type of fertilizer or something. Well, if you cover up your field with a big shade or something like that so it doesn't get any sunlight or gets barely any sunlight even if you have all the water that the plants need even if you have all of the soil all of the other ingredients you're not going to be able to grow your crop because you're limited based on the amount of sun that you have the plants literally cannot undergo the process of photosynthesis without it right also think about it in this other example of if you're baking a cake, right? If you're baking a cake, you need your flour, you need your eggs, you need sugar, you need a bunch of different things. But if you forget the flour, your cake's not going to rise. And it's just going to be this weird, mushy mixture and it's not going to actually bake correctly. Chemically, your process will not be complete because 
you're missing a key ingredient. Or say maybe you do have some flour, but your proportions are off and you only have a little bit, your cake's not going to come out very good because you, you really do need that ingredient because it's a key ingredient. So that's just an example of the concept of a bottleneck and what it actually is. Sometimes you can't complete the picture in a system unless you do this one thing, unless you complete this one thing. So it's in a way related to the concept of scarcity. There are many quote unquote ingredients or variables that are needed in certain amounts to make a system produce a desired result. But it's the presence of at least a certain amount of a single variable that allows for the optimal result at the end of the day. So let's think about this in other terms as well. Let's think of a literal bottleneck. Imagine a bottle of Coca-Cola, not the cans, but the glass bottles that curve up and down, right? So imagine one of those. When you pour the soda out into your glass, the liquid is literally forced into the small throat of the bottle at the top because that's where it's exiting. And a common application of this principle is a manufacturing floor. So let's go with the Coca-Cola example a little further. So imagine there's a Coca-Cola factory and there are different sections of the factory where various aspects of production are happening. On one end, you have a station filling up empty bottles with Coke and another station, you have a labeling station. And then let's say another one is for sorting and for packaging, etc. Okay, so imagine that you're in charge of this factory. If you have a problem at the labeling station, well, what can you do? The whole system is in jeopardy because even though you may be able to fill and seal each new bottle of Coke coming off of the line, you can't move on to packaging and shipping because you don't have labeled products. So this is an example of a bottleneck in a physical system. Imagine if you tried to buy Coca-Cola at the store and you saw the bottles there and the Coke was in there, but you didn't see the Coke label, would you still buy the Coke? No, of course not, because it would look inauthentic. It would look incomplete. So in this system, you really are restricted by the labeling not being, uh, not being fully operational. So consider this in physical systems as well as in chemical systems like baking the cake or natural systems like agricultural systems. This principle is present in every kind of system, really. And now let's turn our attention to the investing context. How can we apply this within investing systems? Well, the first thing that I think about that comes to mind when discussing bottlenecks in the investing world is how there are certain minimums required to even have a shot at a company being successful and ultimately for an investment in that company to yield good results. So going back to our Coke example, but looking at it from a different angle, let's say that you and I wanted to start a beverage company that could compete with Coca-Cola, right? We said, you know, we have this amazing idea for a brand new drink and we're going to blow Coke out of the water. Let's do it. What would we actually have to do? Well, we would need to come up with 
a formula for a new soda flavor. We need to figure out the packaging, et cetera, et cetera. There would be a lot of work that we would have to put in up front. But then in order to have any shot of success, we'd have to at least penetrate a single local market and win over the market share in that market. But doing that at a reasonable cost where we could compete would mean that we need a certain level of scale in our organization in order to get our economies of scale, which is another related mental model, in order to keep our costs down and therefore our prices down. So the entire bottleneck of our investment process as a new entrant into the beverage industry is being able to compete at scale from the very beginning. So think about that. That's really difficult. And that would require some very good distribution systems. It would require excellent pricing from our suppliers, etc. So if we're actually going to try to compete with Coca-Cola, we better have our stuff together because Coca-Cola is a finely tuned marketing and soda producing machine that's been around for over a century and they understand how to sell soda. So we would really need something truly extraordinary as far as our ability to convince consumers to switch to our brand and do so in a local market first before we really have any shot at expanding nationwide or worldwide. So that's really the bottleneck in that system. And unless you can solve the piece of that bottleneck, then you're doomed to failure. And this is kind of related to another concept that is really prevalent in investing, which is the concept of a moat or a competitive advantage. In a way, you don't really know that a competitive advantage is really an advantage unless someone tries to attack that advantage and remove it from you. So in this example of you and I starting this new beverage uh, startup, trying to compete with Coke, our bottleneck in the system is the fact that we don't have enough economies of scale to, to, to create a pricing structure that's attractive enough to consumers that it would sway them away from Coca-Cola to buy our products. That's just one example. So we're limited by that bottleneck, thereby validating the competitive advantage of cost structure and distribution systems of Coca-Cola. So that moat is a real moat because if we try to attack that moat by competing directly against it, it would be incredibly hard to get past that bottleneck. And so these two, you can see how these two mental models can be related, just looking at it from the eyes of Coca-Cola and then looking at it through the eyes of you and I as a potential competitor. So this can be helpful in the investing process because we can look at what does it actually take to maintain a competitive advantage? Well, what are the bottlenecks of the system of the competitors of the business? And then also looking at it internally for the company that we're analyzing, what are the bottlenecks in those internal systems that are preventing the company from future success? So there are many different ways to apply this, but I think that this is a good concept to think about because limiting factors are all around us and we should really be aware of them. So let's look at it additionally from an investing context. Let's look at it from a portfolio management perspective as an individual investor. So I'd be willing to postulate that the bottleneck in most people's investment process 
is not the ability to buy or sell companies in a marketplace or even the presence of good opportunities. I think there are good stocks available most of the time, if not all the time. We just aren't open to them or don't have the eyes to see them, I think. Or even the amount of research required to reasonably select a security, although I think admittedly that's a huge factor. I think the biggest bottleneck for the individual investor from a portfolio perspective is simply liquidity. If people had money in their accounts ready to invest, then they'd be able to move on to all of the other steps of the investment process. But without money to invest, one simply cannot multiply what isn't there. Think about the fact that the average savings in America is somewhere around $11,000, somewhere around $10,000, $11,000. Now, I don't know this for sure, but most or all of that, I would imagine, is probably earmarked for emergencies, not necessarily long-term investing. So whatever is invested is likely to come via direct payroll deduction into something like a 401k or another type of retirement plan like an IRA. A lot of people are saving for their retirement little by little through deductions in their plans at work. So that's usually the limiting factor to how much they're actually investing is the amount of whatever those deductions are. So I'll admit I was kind of bit by this principle of not having enough liquidity a few months ago back in the market correction in March. I was able to invest in a few shares of companies here and there, but I found myself needing more cash precisely at the time when prices were cheapest. And I was really bummed out because there were some clear deals in the market. And I talked to you about a few of those back back during uh, the the maximum pessimism in the market correction during those episodes. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of missed out a little bit because a lot of the money that my family had to invest was already invested. So there wasn't, there wasn't that much I could do, even though there were some opportunities that I saw, I wasn't able to act as much as I really wanted to because there just wasn't as much cash ready to deploy. So keep that in mind. That was the bottleneck in my system. And I need to do my job and work on that. (laughs) But think about what the bottlenecks are in your investment process, in your system. And even I would challenge you, go beyond just thinking about investing too. What are the bottlenecks in your life? (laughs) What are you trying to achieve in the next one to five years? What are the things that you want to see for yourself as far as your goals in the next few years? Are there any things in your daily habits or your daily processes that are limiting you that even if you do everything else right if you don't do this one thing or these one or two things you're never going to get there i want you to think about that and let me know uh, reach out to me at alex at stockstoriespodcast.com or you can direct message me on instagram at stockstoryteller. So that's at Stock Storyteller on Instagram. Send me a direct message. And I want to know what are the bottlenecks in your life. And this can be investing related or not. But I'm curious to see what you think about this because I think this is a powerful mental model and an important concept. So with that 
that's going to be the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Stock Stories podcast. My name is Alex and I am your host and stock storyteller. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every listen, every download that I see, every message that I get from you is just so welcomed. And I appreciate you coming along this investing journey with me as we learn about investing together. That's what the whole point of this is. So without further ado, uh, I will see you next week and have a great week. presented here on Stock Stories is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. You and you alone are responsible for your investment and financial decisions. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, or financial advisor that can analyze your specific situation in the context of your goals and circumstances.